The next session has been put together by our dear friend and partner on uh, Race Industry Week 2022, Speed Sport. So we are being joined by Jonathan Bird, who is going to step in and is going to bring on a very grassroots panel uh, that is very important uh, for all of us in the industry because it's great to talk about NASCAR, IndyCar, F1 and everything, you know, but grassroots is also where a lot of the activity is happening. And my understanding is you are bringing some panelists that are doing extraordinary things to engage with the audience and are packing their grandstands, providing great entertainment. Well, that's right, Francisca. And thank you so much for having me. And I appreciate our friends with Speeds for allowing me the opportunity to moderate this panel. I know that Many of you probably wanted to see Ralph Shaheen and his uh, face for television. I have a face for radio, I like to say. But uh, nonetheless, I am glad to be here to uh, to, to host this uh, panel. We've got uh, a gentleman from uh, DerbyTees.tv. His name is Steve Bucknam. He's the, you know, you know and the demolition derbies, you know, it's important to us at the racetrack that I promote and, uh, and, and uh, general manage. The Apple Speedrome. We also have Rod Knock coming on board from Diesel Motorsports, and the diesel uh, drag racing type thing is just very, very popular as well. And then uh, Dave Nelson with uh, the uh, he's the co-owner and executive vice president of Outlaw Truck and Tractor Pulling Association. And I'm excited to talk to him because uh, tractor pulling maybe has a um, a negative connotation to some people. They think uh, back, you know, country fairs and everything, but he's going to tell us all about why that is not the case. And we're excited to uh, to talk about what, uh, who we are and the, you know, like we say, the grassroots. Uh, but, you know, it's really important for, uh, for the sport of racing. There is no NASCAR, IndyCar, Formula One, drag racing, NHRA, without us short tracks and us uh, organizations that are putting on uh, the grassroots racing at the local level. Jonathan, I love how diverse our panel is, and I wanted to make sure tractor pulling was represented here today. (laughs) Excellent. So Jonathan, we'll uh, give you the uh, comments for the next 50 minutes. You're in charge. All right. Thanks so much, uh, Francisca. Welcome, gentlemen. Uh, we have Ron Knock again with Diesel Motorsports, uh, Dave Nelson the, with the Outlaw Truck and Tractor Pulling Association, as well as Steve Bucknam from DerbyTees.tv. Gentlemen, welcome to the panel. We are excited to be together, and I know we're going to talk about some really exciting things. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks very well, much. Well, let's start off Oh, I appreciate it. You know, Steve, let's start with you. I think we have some kinship between uh, what we do at the Indianapolis Speedrome and Figure Eight Racing and what you all do with uh, Derby Tees. So uh, introduce yourself and explain what DerbyTees.tv is doing. Sure. Uh, Derby Tees TV um, broadcasts national level demolition derby events uh, over the internet for pay-per-view purposes. We bring demolition derby to the masses. Um, it's really helping to promote the sport in a, in a new and exciting way. 
What is demolition derby in modern times now? We've got the, you know, obviously there's a demolition derby. People think county fairs and and a whole bunch of redneck hillbillies just uh, putting together the cars and smash them all up. But tell us what the beat, what's happening in derby racing in modern times here in 2022. Well, the great thing about demolition derby is that there's really something for everyone in this sport. Whether you're a newcomer with no knowledge, there's a place for you. And if you're a veteran of the sport with your entire bankroll, there's a place for you as well. Uh, modern demolition derby now really is not that that uh, misconception of you know redneck hillbilly kind of thing. While there is still some of that in the sport, there is so much technology, um, science, geometry that is being used to make these cars stronger, harder, more durable. Um, it's, it's not, it's not just throw some weld at it. It's actually like, where should we put the right pressure? Where should we, um, triangulate these reinforcements to make things work the way they do? And there's a lot of thought and technology and science that goes into it. Well, it's interesting you said uh, technology and science. I know that uh, we in the short track business and all those, you know, at the grassroots level, uh, it's very important, I believe, to let our local legislators and people know how important uh, racing is in the field of STEM, you know, science, technology, engineering, mathematics. Uh, those are the jobs of the future, according to every politician who wants to see that happen. So let me talk with uh, Ron real fast, Ron. Uh, in, in regards to, you know, we talked about the modernization and, and what everything like that with the, with diesel motorsports, diesels kind of considered, you know, polluting and old and, you know, and dirty. But I think that's probably furthest from the case, wouldn't you say? And uh, don't forget to unmute yourself there, Ron. I don't know what's happening. You're still muted on my screen. Is there anyone else here on? There you go. I think you unmute yourself there. Can now. you hear, hear me now? Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Having hear you talk. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, sir. Go ahead. All right. Yeah, we're mostly rural community areas, and most of these rural communities, you know, they're used to see people. I mean, that's part of the county fair uh, uh, perform at, at our events, our licensed vehicles for the streets. So it's more, and uh, their competitors, uh, sure, they drive new, uh, vehicles to haul them in with, uh, and they're uh, with the current regulations. A big issue for us, uh, you know, that's many, many years. We've been doing this for 15 years. Rural communities are used to this kind of activity love to come and see it and even the new people that come out the entertainment's still available and uh, they see three thousand 
horsepower tractor truck events, uh, drag race. Uh, we have New Media, Pennsylvania, where and sled bowling going on at the same time. Sled bowling track right next to the drag strip. Line the the uh, areas of the their pickups. It's like a huge tailgate part. Bring the coolers. Bring the barbecues out. Uh, drag racing and sled pulling at the same time. Very cool. Very cool. And uh, we, uh, you know, it's part of the big thing with grassroots. It's family. That is for sure. People getting together and seeing things. And uh, let's talk to uh, bring Dave, uh, Dave Nelson in, the co-owner and executive vice president of Outlaw Truck and Tractor Pulling Association. Probably a lot of the same things that Ron does. Uh, David, go ahead and talk about uh, what you guys do and, and how, uh, how how important the uh, and what differentiates yourself with uh, with everything with the with the with the, with the pulling world. Yeah. So the Outlaw Truck and Tractor Pulling, we are a national sanctioning body to where we're gonna produce over 73 events this next year from the Mississippi West. So that's county fairs, those are private racetracks, those are private venues that are bringing us in. We have about 350 members to where everybody thinks tractor pulling. You think of your grandpa, your dad taking the 4020 off the plow in the middle of summer or off the cultivator and turning it up and going to the county fair tractor pull. Um, this is This is much different, this is, we kind of say this is the NASCAR of truck and tractor pulling to where our modifieds with multi-engine Hemis, I mean, they're up towards 3000 horsepower a piece with two of them strapped on there. We got twin Chevys, I'm sorry, triple Chevys mounted on a frame in our modified class, V12 Allisons. We got twin turbines all on one frame for the modifieds. And then what we have is what looks like a, a, a tractor, a farm tractor, but it's all poly, uh, I'm sorry, uh, chrome tube molly uh, frames, built roll cages. I mean, they're up towards uh, uh, 4,500, 4,500 horsepower with wow. four, four turbos being strapped on the top of the motor. Um, we have pickups. We got the 3.0 diesel trucks. We got a little bit of 2.6 diesel trucks. So we have a variety of both tractors, trucks, modified tool drives to where it's the NASCAR of, of tractor pulling, as you would know it at your county fair. Yeah. Well, I, I, I appreciate hearing that. And I, I want to kind of give a, a little bit of background to what we do here at the Annapolis Speedrome. I think I can kind of show some people think figure eight racing. They think about that. Uh, it's it's a bunch of guys, you know, like a demolition derby car or it's something that does looks totally different. Um, I'm going to play in the background here. I hope I can do this right. Uh, highlights of our, what we call a world figure eight championship at the Indianapolis Speedrome. And I think maybe you might be able to see it, but I'll go ahead and do that and see what happens here with the, with the thing. But, uh, these are the these are our figure eight cars. They have evolved through the years. You know, the sport of figure eight racing started at the Indianapolis Speedrome, where we had full frame cars like Camaros and stuff like that. When my dad was a car owner back in the eighties, and they have evolved to purpose built, like you said, you know, chrome, Molly, 
Dolco. Some guys have some, you know, some pretty exotic materials in their cages and things of that nature. But uh, our World Figure Eight Championship uh, in, in, is ran in September. We've had this is the 46th annual event, and uh, cars from all across the country uh, come to race in this event. It's very cool in terms of um, the the intersection, the crossover. Um, I've been watching it for 40 years, and not that I get to sit down ever again watching race, running the racetrack. I still jump out of my seat. The close calls the crossover are what's really exciting. And, you know, when you, when you talk about, um, you know, what is the modern time, you know, what this is the modern figure racing. This is what we do at the Apple Speed Room on a weekly basis. And these are the cars and stars. And uh, we've got a great relationship with Speed Sport, who've helped us promote this, uh, or help promote our track and, and the sport and everything like that. But this is a three-hour-long race, and uh, we've been really blessed to have full stands and everything like that, which kind of goes back to uh, what uh, what I'd like to continue talking about. And I'll go ahead and close this off so people don't have to see that anymore, and we'll go back to the screen. But uh, I'm excited to hear about crowds at all of your events, you know, so, uh, grassroots people looking for something to do, entertainment on a, on a weekend, on a Saturday night. Um, Ron, tell, talk about the crowds at your events and working with the promoters. Well, the promoter is ourselves. And the past six months, we've had very good attendance at the, at the pad. Uh, never seemed to fall off. It fell off a little much. Uh, the past uh, three tenue-holding events, uh, because they were enclosed, and they are outdoor, obviously, so you had uh, larger crowds during COVID because no one else was doing events. events and we even had uh, local court about trucks, diesel lane gas trucks, but can, you know, and tractors out cars, they won't let us do anything. Bring them on out. So, you know, we continue to, because still some of the cities are shutting off uh, the venues and we aren't going to turn down any motorsport and do all about motorsports. And guess what? Our truck love cars too. They love UTV ATA. That's motorsports. So when we bring out the, you know, we've been, uh, we can include them because the promoter, but we've been a sanctioning body. Uh, for 15 years, uh, other promoters have to use a rules which they don't have truck classes. We do. So we have our own insurance. These people want to come out and have fit them in, you know? Crowds have been really good. That's great. That's great. Um, let's. I like to go to Steve and talk about um, about that as well. Um, people are still coming to uh, demo derbies at the Speedrome. We have three wild nights a year. It always include a front wheel drive demo derby. Um, talk about um, what is what is the uh, and we and we do front wheel drive demo derbies. That's because the big cars are harder and harder to come by. What is 
what do you see in the future happening with regulation and cars and all that sort of stuff with demo derbies? Um, what's the future look like? Well, I guess, you know, one of the questions that gets asked a lot is like, what happens when the old cars are gone, you know, and <clears throat> there's different classes of demolition derby really for, for anyone who's interested. And um, I mean, there's even lawnmower demolition derbies now. I mean, there's, there's front wheel drive. I'm going to write that down because I'm going to tell my, from the owner of my trace track, lawnmower demolition derbies. And, you know, enthusiasts are, are, uh, ingenious and they're resourceful and they'll use whatever they can find to go out there and get their fix doing demolition derby. You know, what we're seeing really in the sport is a transition to what they're calling an 80s and newer class. So a lot of the older cars are really hard to find now. They're more expensive and to make things more accessible for everyone, they've changed the rule set to be something that's 1980 or newer. And you're seeing mostly a lot of the Ford Crown Victorias, things like that. That's kind of the the go-to vehicle um, in that class. Um, I did want to jump in real quick and say, you know, you're at the Speedrome. I've actually competed there. Uh, it's been about 20 years, but I competed in a national championship back back in the day there at the Speedrome, and I thought it was a great facility. That's really cool. So you worked with uh, the Cohen family back then and, and competed when they ran the Speedrome. And, and uh, yeah, Demo Derby is a huge thing, and it's also fun. You see a lot of racetracks I don't know how much you do on asphalt since we are an asphalt track, but um, we've watered the racetrack down a couple of times just to make it a little bit, uh, a little different for the fans and a little bit for the different the drivers. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to, to give the fans a different look. Right. And we, and we talked about the crowds a little bit demolition derby sells out crowds at everywhere we go, whether it's a, a County fair, which is standing room only, they usually oversell the grandstands. Uh, or what we call a national level event, which a lot of times a demolition every promoter has, uh, you know, uh, rented the grounds of a fairground, something along those lines, and they're putting the event on themselves. And the crowds, I mean, we go to a particular event, uh, it's called Bash for Cash. It's in Ohio. It's a four-day outdoor derby. They have 3,000 camping spots uh, on the grounds, and those camping spots are almost completely filled by the end of the weekend. And there's literally thousands of fans there to watch, vend, uh, enjoy themselves. It becomes kind of a derby festival. And uh, th that's, and you mentioned family. Family, the aspect of that is, is uh, unmatched at these events. It's everything from Power Wheels Demolition Derby for the young kids to youth classes, which is, um, you know, young teens. And then, of course, the full-size adult classes. And their families are doing it together. That's that's cool. Um, back in the seventies, I was told I was before I was born. Before I was born, I was told there were motorcycle demo derbies at the Speedrome. Are there still motorcycle demo derbies, and how does that work? <laughs> uh, I haven't seen one in a few years now, but they they were similar to how derbies first started, which was just as a promoted spectacle as opposed to a competition. So the, the motorcycle demolition derbies that I am familiar with, a promoter would bring several bikes in and they would have people come in and ride them and they would just put on a show for the fans. Um, and they're a little dangerous, but, it, but it's like anything else. It's more implied danger because these guys, they're not out to hurt each other and they know where to hit and what to do. Um, and, but that's what makes it exciting for the fans. 
Well, it's talking about signing for the fans and putting on a show. Let's talk. Let's go back to Dave and and talk about, you know, you, you, you mentioned yourself as like the NASCAR of track and truck polling. And we know what NASCAR does and how important the fans are to NASCAR uh, and put on a show. It seems like some people talk about the show of NASCAR at some point. But in any event, Dave, I'd love to hear your talk about uh, about your shows and uh, and, and how those really apply and how they work uh, and, and for the for the fans and for the for the racetrack promoter yeah so i mean our shows are anywhere from three to five hours long it all depends upon how many classes are booked there by the promoter and then how many competitors actually show up uh, our competitors both race or they pull um for compete for a purse there at the event but what they're also doing is they're adding points every every event for end of year payout I mean, so this this last year we paid out about 1.6 million in the outlaws of purse wow. and end of year points. And so, I mean, it's it's something that's addictive to our our competitors um, that are that are coming every event. So we're I mean we're at county fairs, we're at big large venues. I mean, we've kind of ranged from 2,500 to 13,000 um, from the grandstands being full. We just did one out in Windsor, Colorado. Um, this last year, it was an amazing setting, just in a big bowl. You could see the mountains in the background, and there was 13,000 people just sitting on the side hill grass watching the event. And so um, we we were able to keep going during COVID. Did we have all the events? No, because some of the cities were shut down. Um, but our crowds were just tremendous because everybody just wanted to get outside. And we were able to do that at some of those venues during COVID. Um, to your guys is talking about what's next. What's that next generation? Um, this last year, we just branded the Outlaw Young Guns to where it's getting the young generation in. I mean, we all know the, the Richard Petties and all those names of the old timers that have been in the sport forever. We have that same thing in tractor pulling, same with Demolition Derby and, and Diesel Motorsports. So how do we get that young generation? How do we get the son or daughter or how do we get the grandson competing. And so this last year of our 350 members, we had 35 members in our national division and 10 in our Heartland division, which is more out west in western Nebraska and Colorado, ages 16 to 25 years old. They're either a competitor themselves or an employee of ours, which was just two of them. But this Young Gun program, I took and sold it to Titan International, Titan Tire, the maker of Goodyear Ag Tires, to where Titan is the brand sponsor of the outlaw young guns. And I know of at least five or eight stories where grandpa was kind of starting to hang it up. But with the unveiling of this and pulling this young generation in, I mean, it's just going crazy of getting these young people in the seat. And grandpa can't be more proud to put little Joey in the seat and watch him in front of that grandstand pulling that truck that he's pulled for how many years or buying a second one. And little Joey's got his own truck or tractor. And so it's been to us, it's we're growing, but it's how do we interact with the crowd? Those fans out there are, are I mean, they're our fans. They, they want to get to know us better. So how do we let them get to know little Joey or senior Bill, who's the 65-year-old that's been the tractor puller that we all remember? And so it's it's been fun kind of just branding ourselves along. Speed Sport, you guys are associated with Speed Sport. We have live streaming. We have our own live stream channel. So all of our events are live streamed out. Um, it's, there's a subscription cost by event or by the month or by the by the season to where really trying to reach out past during COVID what we all learn 
we all had to stay home. So it's kind of taught us DoorDash and all these things that we're seeing coming out now. Sometimes people aren't going out like they used to. So how do we go to them in their living room or on their iPad, wherever they're at? And so live stream has been a huge in, uh, investment, but also it's been a huge capture back for us, for our fan base um, to capture out with them. You hit on a topic that I was going to cover. And um, and so streaming and youth, that's definitely two things I want to talk about with everybody. I'd like to talk to Ron. So we, we heard about uh, families and young people in uh, from Steve and Demo Derby. Davey talked about your youth. What's the youth movement in diesel motorsports? And then and then talk about uh, what you've done, what you had to do during the pandemic and how important is streaming if there is anything, I'm sorry if I didn't know for sure, uh, for uh, for diesel motorsports, Ron. Well, I tell you what, most of our competitors are the youth market. And that's because these guys, and uh, tell you what, I they have a lot of energy, and you'll find a lot of the young guys going, what do you do to your truck? I don't care if it was their grandpa's and it's got a little rust. Take pride in building these things and how they can compete. I love to live. Honestly, I'm a kid at heart. <laughs> and it can tell you I'm still that way. But the youth. And uh, we have a lot of youngsters with. Uh, years ago, we kind of circuits and let our state groups handle that, and we do stand. I start working with a lot of the young diesel shops, and uh, I work, go in and work with a lot of them that are at the events, hire them to come and help us work the events. I mean, these diesel service businesses, you know, they're not in care of municipality trucks, you know, the, the snow plows, the garbage trucks, stuff that's simple. And uh, you know what most people don't read? Over 80% of our service about the United States, including the semis that bring. So these guys are, are in our rural America and suburban. So I really love working with the youth market. As far as rural areas, it's tough to get streaming, but we're working getting some new satellite groups coming in to DR streams. And, uh, you know, Egbert is not equipped for a lot of the modern day facilities. But, them, and, you know, a lot of these track owners are open to it, they're changing, and the kids are keeping our sport alive. So they're just, uh, a lot of them are saying, sure, Ron, let's get it going. Uh, let's, you know, we have a lot on uh, all the social media. You'll see a lot of the people in the stand. Uh, lots of times we'll even announce our 
are wide on because, uh, quite frankly, it's some of these areas. Literally, when you check your phone and there's one bar left. But, you know, we, uh, a lot of our workers are young people. The uh, Wyotech and Ohiotech colleges seniors. In fact, one of our uh, bring their students out and uh, help us t-shirt some money and and they get to meet some industries, you know, that are working in the diesel truck. Very cool. Uh, I, I'll get to my my story about streaming and and youth, but Steve, you know, you let's talk about streaming. I mean, you. I think you were the forefront if you've done it for the last seven years. I mean, we've only done it for a couple, and I think everybody's kind of getting to the point, but I think you were probably one of the forerunners of streaming in, in motorsports. Well, uh, Derby Tees TV definitely was. Um, Derby Tees TV actually started in 2011. I've only been with the company the last seven years. Uh, so when it started, it was just a laptop, a camera, and a tripod. And, you know, no, no different angles, no commentators, nothing like that. And uh, now we have uh, two mobile studios, uh, you know, all the equipment needed to stream that. But uh, four videographers, two cameramen, the produ two different producers. And so if needed, we can actually split and do um, two events on the same weekend, which we do sometimes. Uh, it's It's really been... A labor of love to to get this done and it's really thanks to mark klein who owns derby tees tv he's a, he's also a demolition derby guy and uh he's put his heart and soul into the business and continues to invest in it to, to be on top because we want to bring the best product possible to our sport financially how big is the streaming side of of the business for you all I mean, I know it's about TV. It's obviously a big part of that. But, you know, when you work with the promoters and things of that nature who maybe don't do it um, and they come on board, how does that how does that work? Uh, are you asking, like, as far as, like, how do we monetize it? Or? Right, yeah, right. Revenue sharing and then, you know, monetizing it and all that sort of and all and all that. Yeah. So our business model is, is we, we go into events, we work with promoters and we sell our own pay-per-view tickets for those events. Um, and we offer a percentage of those sales as a commission back to the promoter in exchange for the rights to have that broadcast. And so we like to give back. We also, beyond the sales side of things, um, we also sponsor different purses for the payouts, things like that. Um, and a lot of times we sponsor individual teams and drivers to kind of just give back into the sport. Very cool. Yeah, giving back to the sport and 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 growing the sport and keeping it going. Uh, at the Indianapolis Speedrome, uh, we have uh, really put a focus on our junior divisions. Um, for instance, our junior fast car division. Uh, we took over the racetrack six years ago. Our junior division, our karting division, maybe had single digits, digits on most night. And, and what we did was we um, basically dumbed the cars down. We said you had to run our motor because motor, the cheating was rampant. Uh, we took the motor in-house and said you had to run our motor. It's just a box stock type project uh, type of motor. 
And um, through enforcement and staying on top of everything, our division regularly is in the 40s on a Saturday night. So we've got a great junior fast car division, and we've seen the kids through the years moving up into other divisions. Our, our factory front wheel drive, where they're running Legends cars, uh, stock cars, and some of the a couple of the guys who actually started in junior fast cars 10, 15 years ago have made it all the way up to our late model figure eight division. So definitely a huge thing for for that uh, happening. We've also created our own mini late model. Uh, it's kind of like the size of a Legends car, but it's a purpose-built chassis. Um, we run some of the same components, but uh, most of it is a really cool, just a mini late model. And they run on the oval in the figure eight. And uh, it's in the way to get a stepping stone. If you don't want to go straight into a big uh, full-size late model, it's a great way to learn the sport of figure eight racing because it is an art. Uh, you know, the only way to get really good at it is to turn a lot of laps. And so it's a great way to get laps. And so that's a huge thing for the, the youth. You know, I think the youth is definitely, Ron, you, you definitely mentioned that the youth, uh, uh, the country depends on diesel motors, on diesel and, and, and knowing the diesel industry and knowing the diesel motors and being able to work on them, that is, our country doesn't work without diesel. I don't care, you know, how many years we want to get to electric you know, semis and stuff like that, it's diesel going to be a huge thing for many, many years to come. You know, getting kids interested, excited in uh, demo derby and, and things of that nature. And, you know, like you said, Steve, I think it's a, it's a big thing with uh, science and technology and knowing, understanding. They, might, they may not know they're doing STEM, but they're doing it. And then pulling and, and, and you know, th those big motors, those big things, I think the same thing, David. I think the, out, the young guns and your, outlet, your young outlaw, your stars of the future, all those are going to be really big. Um, and I'll, I'll just give my one little thought about streaming. You know, I think we all kind of realized during the pandemic how important streaming was. The Speedrome, uh, and we're in Marion County in Indiana, Indianapolis, and we were one of the strictest uh, counties in Indiana. So we were not even allowed to open until June of 2020. And we could only have competitors. We couldn't have any fans for the first uh, two weeks. And we had done some streaming with our World Figure 8 Championship, and we quickly partnered up with the Speed Sport platform and Rivet and all the great folks, Chris Grainer and, and, and Joe and, and Joe Tripp and, and Ralph, they all got us on board, and we were excited to be able to bring our fans our racing. And that has just grown into a weekly thing and people are expecting it. Uh, it's a great little revenue piece for us where we have a speedrome.tv subscription. And, and um, I don't believe, and if you guys think at all, has, you know, a lot of promoters were scared to death of television and streaming. And I think more and more promoters are realizing how important it is that it's not affecting the gate. It might affect the gate on a night where weather is such a huge iffy thing, it might affect the gate, but they'll pay to watch online. So you're gonna get the revenue in some way, shape or form. Go ahead, Steve. Just real quick, you mentioned the poor weather. Um, we just did an event this last weekend called the Turkey Derby. The first day was beautiful weather. The second day was cold and rainy. And we had lots of viewers who were at the event physically there and chose to sit in their truck in the pit area and watch it on their phone and stay dry and warm. So that streaming service, it really can help uh, just provide that extra coverage for your already existing fan base. It's all part of delivering 
to the fans part of the experience because everybody, all of us, are, all of us here are competing for the entertainment dollar. You know, we are definitely trying to get the entertainment dollar from the fan and from, you know, the, and there's so many entertainment options, you know, maybe in the rural areas, it works out a little easier, but when I'm in the middle of the capital city of a state uh, in an urban area, we definitely have many options for people to choose to. So to be able to get them to come out to our races, this is just another aspect of delivering value for the fans and things of that nature. So I appreciate you all letting me go through all those types of things. Um, Dave, let's go back to you. Um, I'd love to hear more about um, what you all are doing. Um, social media. How big is social media? Let's talk about social media for all of our organizations. I was going to talk about that a little bit, that on piggybacking with live stream of maybe somebody's not going to subscribe to the live stream, but our social media page, Facebook is our number one to where we've got a tremendous, I mean, we reached just this year, 23.5 million people were reached and wow. video, if you can get video out there, if you can go live at your event for a little while, let's say you have no live streaming ability right now, do start building your content, start building your watch audience base with free Facebook live. You got, I mean, your 10 year old kid can hold the phone and he can get better shots than any of us <laughs> on this page here from the standpoint of, Social media is where it's at. Our culture is changing. It's not about buying a ticket and sitting in the grandstand. Yes, our promoters need that. And yes, that'll always be our foundation. But our people, our fans are mobile. They're gone. They're doing something else. They're out demo derbying when their cousin is tractor pulling, but he'll pay for a subscription to watch his buddy or his friend over doing demo derby. So social media, we, we have a, a marketing company. It's called Beer Money Pulling Team. It's kind of a crazy name, but they are tractor pullers and that is what they focus on. And they are, they're the geek squad of social media in truck and tractor pulling. And between us and them, we have uh, 73,000 followers on our Facebook page that are just watching truck and tractor pulling to where, I mean, I would, I would get on social media before live stream, build your audience base, and it'll just bring your live stream right on. But our fans want to see us. And you know what? What a better way. I don't know how many times I've checked my phone here, just even when you guys were talking, just checking what's going on of social media is, is amazing. Steve, how does, how, what about social media in the Derby world? I mean, that's, you know, I think it lends itself, uh, the clips, cars crashing, that's very social media, YouTube worthy type things. Yeah. Um, YouTube, Facebook, uh, TikTok. Guys, if you're not on TikTok, Dave, you need to be on there. It's the most rapidly growing. Um, those are the ways to go right now. We do a lot of the Facebook Live free look-ins. Um, we'll do, you know, if we have an event that has, you know, seven or eight classes, we'll do one heat that is the Facebook free look-in, kind of tease it, say, you know, get your ticket and come on and see the rest of the show. Um, but beyond the fan side of things, social media has changed our sport completely because um, someone who's interested in competing, they can literally just jump on Facebook. They can search for a demolition derby group and they can ask the question, Hey, I'm new. How do I get involved in this sport? And the guys that have been doing it for years can go right on there and give them step-by-step -step directions on how to find a car and what to do to it. Um, in a lot of ways, I think it has made things um, kind of too easy 
where some of these younger drivers didn't have to pay the same dues that the older drivers did. Um, but I think we need that to continue the sport and the growth that we that we need, if that makes sense. Absolutely. No, I, I hear that a lot. You know, um, guys will buy late model figure eight race cars and, you know, they're buying the best. They're buying the brand new chassis and the brand new and putting twenty five, fifty thousand dollars worth of stuff on their race car. And they're like, why? And then, you know, they're they're they, they're languishing. They don't know what they're doing. They can't work on the race car. They have no idea what the race car does, but they just think that, you know, we've gotten I've got all the best stuff. The same guy is the guy who's won 15 features in the past two years. Why am I not doing that? So paying their dues is is very is a very big thing, I think, Steve. And I know to hear it about in demo derby, pay, guys got to pay their dues. The only way to get pay your dues is to to get crashed a bunch and lose demo derbies. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. And, you know, respect and reputation is a real big thing. And I think in any motorsport, um, but Demolish Derby, especially, you know, th this is a sport where people will literally tear each other apart in the arena, but then they'll go into the pit area. And those same people who tore your car apart will give you every spare part they have in their truck to get you back out on the track. And that is one of the cool aspects of uh, of the grassroots, the short tracks, the the local racers. That is a story you hear multiple times on multiple occasions, and that is not just now, but that goes back to probably the early days of auto racing. Whenever the first guy um, built the first car, the second guy, you know, they said the first race happened when the second car was built, and so I'm sure that probably was the same way back then. We're on social media and and diesel. Um, you know, you, you've talked about it being a such a youth uh, dominated sport. So I'm assuming that social media is huge for diesel motorsports. It, it's really huge for us, and we start as a youth market. I mean, these kids to the rear ninety percent of the time. Coming up, uh, we have. Probably thousand followers, and during the events of the events, we have probably close visitors a week. So we're huge channels. Uh, it varies. We we post videos. We post trolls sponsor announcement range and sometimes I'll even post I know our demographic would be a political non-political stories you know my research things uh, that uh, they go hey this put it up on our social media you know because uh, you know, they love it. It's a diesel motorsports channel, you know, and yep. the 18 to, to 35 guys. When we first started this, I mean, we actually original diesel only event, not too far. And we will be back on the 9th for Thunder and Muncie. That was in then diesel trucks were not a lot tracks or county fairs. So we started doing it on our location of 
anywhere in the conscience grown since 2001 that this year it'll be uh, truck my sled pulling, it'll be dirt drags during dino competition, trucks, oh. trucks, and guess what? More trucks. It's a fun time, and our young people come and, uh, you know, sometimes surprise you. They really will, they'll surprise you. But the sad thing doing here, you know, there's a colored fender on the two colored doors, like that thing is a trick. That thing can go to buddy on the track and they know it, and that's a reason. So these young people think of many different ways. Have fun with the sport. I tell you what, it's it's on a weekly basis because we have about always something in between. So yeah, we have plenty of content, videos and photos. If you can imagine how many that the old ones will go, hey, remember this truck? Go, oh yeah, yeah, I was there when I did that one. Yeah. So Vintage is huge. It's all Vintage is huge. Entertainment. That's what we're like you said earlier. It's what we're here. And that's what we're doing. Cool. Very nice. Gentlemen, I think we have about seven minutes. So I wanted to hit a, a couple more topics and give everybody kind of their last word and, and pitch their thing. Um, Steve, you talked about TikTok and different uh and different platforms and it just still makes my head spin trying to think of I, I thought I had to get on Instagram and now I need to get on TikTok so it's it's getting to the thing but I think what I want to kind of uh, take uh, get everybody's take on um, on personalities and why I bring that up is F1 has a huge resurgence in America and I believe that most people can pinpoint the Netflix uh, show driven on, on on Netflix about Formula One and the drivers being highlighted and those personalities and now look what F1 is doing now there's going to be four uh, U.S. races now where there was barely one um, personalities Dave you know how does that help your sport you know bringing out the personalities and getting the fans to connect to those drivers. Yeah, so I mean, the biggest thing that we're trying to do is we've done the the young guns. Um, we're also branding in the process of branding the outlaw legends. Those are the old older gentlemen and, and ladies um, that are the veterans of the sport. Um, but we do a ton. We really try and get a lot of times. A lot of our pits are open to the public. Um, depends upon the promoter's liability and the insurance and things like that. But the, um, a lot of times we're trying to get the the public out in the pits before and even after the show. A lot of times after the show is when there's more interaction because that's when dad is coming by with his kids or whatever and saying, that's the tractor that, that blew up or that's the one that went the farthest or that's the one with the young gal driving or whatever. Um, and then taking the tractors, the vehicles, tractors, trucks, vehicles up behind the grandstand prior to the event or even having events the night before down at the local Casey's or at the local tavern on Main Street of this small town of just building, obviously there's awareness, but just trying to get closer to the fans. And I mean, I'm a tractor puller, you're a race car driver and all that. I mean, we're just normal, ordinary people 
that have these fun hobbies and people are our fans. And so the more we can connect with them, social media, live streaming and from the grandstand, the more we can touch, the more we can make hero autograph cards. Um, a lot of times we'll do hats that are given away with autographs and things like that. Of When you go to a Monster Jam truck thing, the kids come back with just all this stuff. <laughs> I mean, they remember that it's hanging in the room and things like that. So we're trying to do a lot more of that type of just fan interaction with Truck and Tractor Point. Steve, personalities in the sport, you've got to be kind of crazy between being, you know, racing in the intersection of a figure eight car or hitting another car on purpose over and over and over again. So that, I'm sure there's some great personalities in the sport that you guys like to cover. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's, it's like any other sport, there's big names that people recognize when you're in these circles. Um, we have found from a broadcasting perspective that a lot of those drivers who are quote unquote big names, good at what they do, uh, are a little camera shy. And so we, and myself particularly, I do a lot of the interviewing. I've sort of had to drag a lot of these guys kind of sort of kicking and screaming into the spotlight because they deserve to be recognized. Um, you know, the fans want to put faces to the names, you know, um, these guys kind of are embodied by their car on the track, especially to the fans in the stands. They may just say, Oh, that's the number 86. I know him because he won last time, but they don't know who Bob Whitaker is. And so we try to bring that person into the spotlight and, and uh, make him kind of a household name. You know, people recognize him as a person, not just as a roof sign. Absolutely. And Ron, uh, we've got a couple of minutes left, but I want to hear about the personalities within in diesel motorsports and and what it takes to uh, to work on these cars, drive these drive these trucks, and drive these trucks, and and the personalities it has these these gentlemen bring and ladies bring to the equation. Well, being rural people, I tell you what, they're entertaining, and yes, we have. As big as their trucks. <laughs> uh, yes, they have fun with it, and uh, you, and uh, but like uh, Steve, Pete, hard. They compete heavy. They talk with each other. They'll help each other. They'll trade one guy's truck kits quits running, they'll go that part off my truck and help you out. So, fans, but out when they're competing, yes, there's some huge <laughs> Dave, uh, we've got just a couple of minutes left. watching, you know, what's the best way to to, to take in uh, outlaw polling in 2023? Yeah, I mean, so live stream is outlawpolling.tv outlawpolling.tv is our live stream or on Facebook it's outlaw truck and tractor pulling um, are, are the two best ways to find us um, internet web-based is outlawpolling.com so those are the best ways to find us but we're everything west of the Mississippi from a national sanctioning body and actually starting to head east of the river so very nice very cool it's great been talking to you Steve derby derby how can everybody get a hold of uh, you and watch your events in next this upcoming year and even during the off season. Uh, yeah, we don't really have an off season anymore. We have shows at least once a month all year. Some months are busier than others, but you can reach us at derbytees.tv or uh, on derbynation.tv, which is sort of 
I like to say that Derby Nation is sort of like the Netflix of Demolition Derby. Several producers use that, that platform. Um, lots of great footage on there. We've also got our TikTok, our Instagram, our Facebook. Our Facebook page, DerbyTees.tv, has got over 50,000 likes right now and a reach of 2 million in the last year. So let's keep that going. Come and see Fantastic. us. Fantastic. Ron, how can folks go get a hold of you all and how can they take in more diesel motorsports? Dieselmotorsports.us and Diesel Motorsports, and guess what? We'll end up six layers down for man you can find. Diesel Motorsports. Very good. Anybody interested in figure eight racing at the highest level, you can go to speedrome.com, also speedrome.tv for all of that. Go on YouTube. There's a ton of stuff on there as well. But uh, the sport of figure eight racing is a lot of really cool things in the future. And I see that Judy and Francisque have joined us. So I believe our time is up. Gentlemen, thank you so very much. It's been fun talking about all this stuff. And and we're really excited about what the grassroots continues, even in this kind of scary economy. But guys are going to want to race and they're going to keep racing. And uh, and we'll just see and uh, and be able to be a participant. 2023. So thank you so much. And, and Francisque, thanks for letting me do this. A bit of butter. Oh, of course, Jonathan, you did a terrific job. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> thank you for... again. Yes. Thank and you. Uh, good to see you, Ron. Uh, and uh, good, you know, thanks. Thank you to Steve and Dave for joining us. Registering on EPAR Trade is easy. To start, click on the Join for Free button on the homepage. First, search your company to see if it's already in our database. If you see your company on the list, click on it to select it. Then, choose Claim Company if you are one of the decision makers, an owner, marketing person, or main company contact. Or choose Join Company if you are an employee, and press Continue. If you couldn't find your company in our database, select Register a New Company. On the following page, fill out your name, email, phone number, job title, and choose a secure password. If you chose Register a New Company, you'll need to choose your business type. Select Supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose Racing Business if you're looking to source new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose Race Team if you own or are a member of a professional race team. Then, enter your company name. Please provide a website, Facebook page, or LinkedIn if you have one, and choose to either claim or join the company. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Finally, click Register Now and your registration will be submitted for approval. An email will be sent to your inbox. Please confirm your email address and you will be approved shortly. Welcome to ePartrade.